Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Welcome back to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us. And as always, would appreciate if you guys would share this podcast episode with others that you think it would be a blessing to. And also, leave us a review on whatever podcast service that you use. We want for others to see that these podcasts are a blessing, that ha- they have been a blessing to you. And if you leave a review, a positive review, of course, then others are likely to uh, listen to the podcast and receive the blessings that you have. Now, we do have a bunch of reviews, especially on, um, I guess, Apple Podcasts and uh, like 1,800 and something reviews. Got more reviews than I think any pro-life podcast that's out there. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. The the ones that I've seen, at least. However, most Wrong of our side. reviews are really, really <laughs> bad, bad reviews. Not because this is a bad podcast, but because our pro-abortion friends got a hold of it and, um, I guess, let TikTok know that they should leave us a review and they left us all one-star reviews. So if you want some entertainment, we did an episode about this a couple of months ago. Right. Where we read through some of the reviews and just kind of laughed at some of the the foolishness that's there just to show the ridiculousness of the people that oppose what we're doing. Um, But if you want some entertainment, then go and read those reviews. I mean, well, don't read them with your children. Some of them are pretty nasty and raunchy, um, but some of them are are pretty comical. But to combat that and to get us um, (laughs) more than 1.2 stars as far as a rating, (laughs) leave us a five-star review if you would. If you hate what we're doing, then uh, you know don't leave us any review. Actually, that would be that would be great. There, there are people that commented leaving a review, well, one star review. The pro-abortion people, they said, I wish I could leave zero stars. And you know, I hate to point out that actually you can by not leaving any stars, <laughs> by not leaving any review. That's that, that equals zero stars. But anyway, that's a little too advanced thinking for folks like that sometimes. Yeah. I consider it a badge of honor, honestly, yeah. that, that we have all those negative reviews from yeah. the opposition. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> but all that said, leave us a review, guys. We do want this to be a blessing to other people. We do want to, uh, you know, let people know what we're doing. And, and we have some experiences in the world of sidewalk ministry at abortion centers. It's kind of a unique angle, right? Not Not very many people have an expertise and maybe expertise is too strong a word. Um, but not many people have an expertise in this area of ministry. Right. Um, and so basically I think what we've said in the past is we've screwed up and we want you to learn from our screw ups. (laughs) We've made mistakes (laughs) and we want you to learn from our mistakes. So we hope this episode will be, um, in that same vein and just talk more about like we past two episodes, we've talked about boldness or at least, you know, Last episode, we had Jenna on, who's one of our missionaries there in Roanoke, Virginia, a young lady who is bold and really, um, well, it's God through her, and she knows that, God working through her. And then the episode before that, we talked about boldness. This episode, I guess it's going to be some similar 
things that we're going to talk about, but really we're going to talk about new believers, people Mm -hmm. that are brand new to Jesus and kind of, I guess, answer the question, ask the question, and maybe you guys can help answer it with us. um, How soon can a new believer be out on the sidewalk? Right. You know, this is, if you guys have been out there any length of time, you know, if you've listened to this podcast any length of time, you know, this is an intense ministry. You don't want to throw someone who is unequipped out on the front lines at an abortion center, kind of throwing them out to the wolves. (laughs) You want to make sure that, that people who are out there are equipped. And by that same notion, um, gosh, we need people, right? We need people out there on the sidewalk. There's 700 abortion centers that we've figured that a good number of those abortion centers, maybe two thirds don't have a consistent Christian witness. And so we need people and listen, I think we'll get into some of this, too. We've made promises to you guys. If you go out to the abortion center, babies will be saved, whether you find out about it or not, and you will grow spiritually in ways you would not otherwise grow. And so people that are new to the faith, they need to grow. And we're saying this is a means for people to grow, and I believe that it is. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about is it appropriate for new believers to be out there on the sidewalk? Um, Gosh, what are some things to be thinking about, to be considering if you're a leader on the sidewalk and you've got somebody that's brand new to the faith that wants to come out there and serve, what are some things to be aware of? What are some things to be careful of? Um, And so we're going to talk through all of that. It's a unique subject, but a subject that we've faced. And uh, I think there's some biblical principles, but I'll just tell you this, there's no perfect answer to you know, how long does someone need to be a believer before they can be out on the sidewalk and serve? The yeah. Bible doesn't tell us exactly. It doesn't tell us a, a time frame for certain things. And that's why I think more than anything, we'll encourage you guys to just look at some of the principles, some of the scriptures that we share. Seek the Lord for wisdom. And if you're a leader and God has put you in leadership, um, you know, you, you have a charge to trust in the Lord, to seek his face and to proceed as you feel like the Lord is leading you. So Right. That's a little bit of a just beginning to the subject for us. Yeah. And a, and a corollary that, that we don't mention in the article that we're going to put out, but that I think uh, all of you out on the sidewalk will face this are the moms who choose life. Oftentimes they will come to the Lord um, when they choose life for their baby. But sometimes they claim they were already a believer and had just been tempted to because of their fear or whatever. And many times they do want to come out on the sidewalk and speak and yep. steer other moms not to do this. And I, I will say, I think there's a danger in that at the yep. same time of, you know, you don't want to say no to a request like that either. So I, I think this will be a valuable podcast in, in knowing um, what kind of, there are safeguards that yep. bi- biblical safeguards you can you can be aware of and put out there when you've got new believers out there, or maybe a mom who is, maybe she's not a brand new believer, maybe she is, but she certainly is being thrown into the lion's den going in, in front yep. of an abortion center, especially since she was so recently there herself. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah. I think just to, to set the stage, what is our main concern with, with any of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Right. What is our main yeah. concern? Somebody might ask, well, they're a new believer and they want to serve. 
why do we even have any reservations? Right. Like we, yeah. we want them to serve. We need people. They're people yeah. that we need. They're brand new. They're excited. <clears throat> they have zeal. So yeah. why wouldn't we want them on the sidewalk? Well, right. I'll tell you this. The main concern above all concerns is we want to honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. We want our presence to be honorable to Jesus. And, you know, simply put, people that are brand new to the faith that maybe they're in the process of sanctification, but maybe their tongue has not yet been sanctified. Their mind has not yet been renewed in the way that would be helpful to, to really um, to really influence other people in a positive way. You know, I'll say, th- for example, brand new people, people that are brand new to the faith um, might experience some opposition from a pro-abortion person right? and cuss them out. <laughs> Think about that. Here's someone in a Love Life t-shirt. Um, Hope is here cussing out a pro-abortion person on TikTok viewed millions of times over. Does yeah. that honor the Lord? No, that doesn't honor the Lord. But I think we have to recognize too <clears throat> that there can be a tipping point in which someone who's seasoned in the Lord and seasoned even in this ministry that their buttons can be pushed in such a way where they could do that same thing. So sort, certainly we recognize that you know, anyone can get in the flesh, but I will mm-hmm. say just um, right away, a new believer is more inclined to that, less inclined to be um, seeking the Lord in a way that you know, would bridle their tongue. Yeah, well, if you think James about it says. as a new believer is like a baby, you know, there are definitely situations an adult or a an older child can handle that that you would never subject a baby to. And these are new believers are babies in the Lord. Yeah. So their zeal oftentimes, I know this was true of me, I think it's true of all of them, our zeal and excitement over this new birth in the Lord um, certainly exceeds our knowledge and our discernment and our understanding. And so there is a danger where truth must be spoken because truth is, you know, that's one of the um, the spiritual armor that we put on when we go into battle. Truth is the, yep. you know, the buckler the that goes around our truth. waist. Yeah. And if we don't have that because we're new, we have some truth as new believers for sure. Um, but uh, our, our knowledge is, is not well-developed yet. We are yeah. a baby in the Lord. And if, if mistruth or, or flat-out um, falsehood is spoken unwittingly by a new believer, it can do damage. This is life or death. What's happening out there on the sidewalk. So um, so we want to be really careful that the people that are associated with us or that are in a position to influence very vulnerable people who have a life or death decision before before them are honestly speaking as the Lord would have them speak, not only from a not corrupt speech or an angry speech, but from um, the position, a position of truth. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I would say for the sake of new believers, this is why, again, we need to be careful because Mm -hmm. for their own sake, as they're growing in the Lord, like you mentioned a baby, right. um, I'm not going to put a sword in a baby's hand and tell them to go out into battle. Right. (laughs) Right. Not just because they're not going to be very effective, but also they're going to get pummeled. They're going to get destroyed. Yeah. And I can tell you, and now I think different scenarios 
can lend themselves to different considerations. So, for example, in Charlotte, and it's it's gotten a little better from what I gather. I hadn't been there in, in a couple of months, but it seems like even as right before I left, it got a little better where the pro-abortion opposition wasn't so, so intense. I mean, there was a time in which we were out there on a Monday, Tuesday, during the week, really. Saturdays are terrible, but during the yeah. week, it was getting where these pro-abortion people were following us around with cowbells, ringing them in our ears. As we're trying to call out to the moms, they'd be yelling just obscenities and just terrible things over top of us. And, you know, so that scenario, I would say, if you're a new believer, uh, nah, don't need to be out there unless you're <laughs> really, really, you know, you've got some leadership, myself or you or one of our team leads kind of really staying really close to you, really to protect you from what those pro-abortion people want to do is they want to, they want to get you in the flesh. They want to yeah. get you kind of off the rails, right? And so just kind of going back to my original point with this, for us as leaders, we've got to consider, of course, we want to glorify Jesus. That's the main consideration. Um, we want to make sure that you know we're not saying anything or the people that are under our um, umbrella are not saying things that might be kind of latched onto by an abortion-minded mom as a justification for abortion. Right. And then thirdly, we want to make sure for the sake of this new believer that wants to serve, that we're not putting them out as sheep among wolves, right? Right. Now, right. at the end of the day, we've got to trust the Lord and we can never know everything perfectly. And, you know, I'll, I'll just say one of our experiences has been, and I think I've shared this on the podcast before, that we had a counselor who came out. And this is the only time that I know that this has happened. Um, but it maybe it has, has happened a couple of times. I'm not sure. Um, but a counselor that came out with her sister initially and she came out almost in self-righteousness. She was raised in a, in, a, in a cult, pretty much, and came out with her sister, who was a believer, who got converted and truly became a believer in Jesus. She came out with her, but really out of self-righteousness, that, like, I'm going to do something good for these babies or for these moms, and realize in the progression of things, and which I, I didn't know. I mean, she, she talked the talk in a lot of ways, right? She carried herself well and, you know, didn't cause a lot of problems. Or any problems, really. She was a real blessing. But as things progressed, two, three months into serving out there on the sidewalk, she realized that she wasn't even a Christian herself, that she never really came to a saving knowledge of Jesus. And it's because of exposure to the ministry on the sidewalk and the gospel, the true gospel that she was not raised under, and other people discipling her, um, that ultimately she came to faith in Jesus. Right. And so that's kind of a weird scenario. And she didn't, as soon as she realized she wasn't a Christian and finally did really come to faith in Jesus, she didn't stop coming out to the sidewalk. Because in, in a lot of ways, she was already seasoned, even had not been converted, already seasoned in the ministry and, and really had, even though she was raised in a cult, I believe a lot of biblical truths and foundations sewn into her. She just was not a, a believer in Jesus. Yeah. So that's kind of a weird scenario. And there's going to be things like that. We have to leave allowance for God to do whatever he wants to do. And, and, but as leaders, I'll go back to this. We want to make sure that we guard the integrity of the ministry for the sake of the name of Jesus. And that those who are under us, that we're doing right by them and not putting them out as, as sheep among wolves. 
Yeah, so that's that's kind of a good background on kind of the uh, the positives and the negatives. Clearly, we don't want to circumvent what God has planned, as He did with that young counselor, where He yeah. He really turned her life to Him through sidewalk ministry. But um, let's look at at some of the verses maybe that that do guide us. And there's a lot in Timothy because Timothy was young; he was a new believer. Yeah, and um, and the the Bible guides us in uh, the first verse that I looked at was in First Timothy four twelve, so I'll I'll read that one to you. That in in general, it's it's guiding the Bible's guiding us that young new believers should not be intimidated in ministry just because they are young or new. Yeah. So it says, "Let no one look down on your youthfulness." This is Paul, I think, talking to Timothy. Yep. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example for those who believe. So I think there's kind of a couple things going on in that verse. In one, Paul is encouraging Timothy, "Hey, don't let someone look down on you. Don't be intimidated." But then he's also giving this list, not, and I'm sure not by accident, that there are things that can kind of guide us in whether a new believer is far enough maybe in the faith that their conduct would indicate maybe they are ready for some sort of ministry. And that, that list, again, their speech, their conduct, their love, their faith and their purity. Um, so my take home, maybe you have a different thought, Daniel, was that we should not automatically disqualify someone based on their youth or their newness um, in in the their walk with the Lord, yeah. but that they can actually even be a godly example to others, but know that list and as you're kind of vetting those those young believers or these new believers, um, see how they stack up as, as yeah. best as you can. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we've got to trust the Lord and we can't know everything perfectly and our discernment is not perfect. Right. Um, but if you if you've been walking with the Lord for long enough, you can kind of discern pretty quickly as you've been around someone what their demeanor is. Uh through their speech and their conduct, right? Um, and this is one of the reasons, not just for new believers, but for just people interested in the ministry in general, that we do what we call shadowing. Mm-hmm. So if someone wants to volunteer with us, we don't just train them and say, come out, right? Um, but we actually have them shadow a team, a seasoned team that's been out there, or seasoned counselors that have been out there. And really that first time they come out and shadow, it's just to pray and observe. We want them really to see the scenario, to see the ministry, to ask questions. And you can tell pretty quickly as you're talking to someone. So normally how it works is, um, at least in Charlotte, we'll have a team that's functioning. Let's say our Monday team, somebody wants to shadow. Mm-hmm. So Vicky will kind of take that person that's shadowing and, and be right beside them basically the whole time, the whole two, three hours they're out there and be training them or just kind of giving them some general guidelines. Here's where you can stand. Here's where you can't go. You can't walk across over there. That's the clinic property. Here's why that person is saying this. Here's why that person is there handing out literature. Just kind of explaining the lay of the land. And then 
um, answering questions. So the question will be, do you have any questions, any concerns, anything that you see out here that you don't quite understand? And you can tell pretty quickly by the questions that people ask where they're at in some things, right? If they're mature enough in their thinking and in their walk with the Lord to really handle the ministry and to be, you know, helpful to the team that's out there. Yeah. Um, and so based on that interaction and shadowing, and so we, we typically have them shadow uh, two, three times, actually, just to kind of see where they're at to get a feel for, you know, are they, are they really somebody that would be a blessing to the team out here? Also to give them an opportunity to see, hey, is this for me? Or maybe I'm not ready for this. Yep. And we've had people that have shadowed that have circled back around and said, I thought this was for me, but I don't think I'm ready for this. Yeah. And, and you know, that's why we shadow. So, so yep. that's good. We don't want to make the mistake of disqualifying someone uh, that maybe really is ready. They're, they're not as ready as they will always be. Sure. Um, who of us are. But, um, but you know, a great example is we use this so much, uh, David, and uh, as he's facing Goliath's taunts. Yeah. And, uh, and even uh, the, the army is saying, wait a minute, we're not sure if, if David is ready. And, um, but the Philistines look that that verse in First Samuel seventeen forty forty two is where it starts, and there's several several verses. But when the Philistines looked and saw David, he disdained him. Okay, so they're talking about the Philistine Goliath. He disdained yep. him, for he was but a youth. And yep. all of us can have that danger of of just disqualifying someone just because they're young or because they're a new believer, when indeed they are exactly who God has chosen to fight whatever that enemy or that battle, that battle is. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so that's just a, a caution that uh, youth can be definitely called by God. New believers yeah. can be indeed called by God and, and we want to be open um, to that possibility. Sometimes they themselves don't recognize it. I didn't. Now I wasn't a new believer, but I definitely did not feel I was up to what uh, the people on the sidewalk were telling me I should be doing. Yep. Um, when I was brand new, they appointed me a team lead, and I said, wait a minute, I, I have no idea what I'm doing out here. Whether that was good or bad, I don't know. But I kind of disqualified myself, even though others who knew what it takes to be a sidewalk counselor were saying, no, you can do this. And I think... Um, a verse that talks about that a little bit is uh, in Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, when he challenges God, presumably, um, when uh, because he's young and God is appointing him to go and, and speak to to turn a very disobedient um wicked nation back back to God. And as God is speaking to Jeremiah, the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a youth for to all to whom I send you, you shall go and whatever I command you, you shall speak. So again, here is Jeremiah saying, but wait, I'm too young. And God yeah. is saying, no, you're not. If I'm commanding you, if I'm sending you, then you go. Yeah. So that's a guide for how, how now can 
maybe you've experienced this, where again, in all the zealous excitement of a new believer, they'll say, I know God has sent me here to do this. When indeed, sometimes I will think, mm, I'm not I'm not sure if that's really what God has indeed sent you to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some ways for us as leaders um, to help discern that. Mm-hmm. And I think shadowing is one of those ways. Mm-hmm. Getting someone who feels excited about getting involved or whatever to come out and shadow to see what this thing is all about. And then being intentional on our part to guide them through and to help them to see. I mean, one of the the strong warnings that we give to anybody is that this is intense spiritual warfare. Be ready for it. We don't, we don't want to scare people off with that, but we certainly do want people to understand the totality of what they're getting involved in. That Being out on the sidewalk is not just being out on the sidewalk, right? you're going to carry the the spiritual warfare and the battle back into your home, back into your family. Because like we've said, this is the devil's pride and joy. You're coming directly in opposition to the kingdom of darkness. And you need to be ready for that. Now, I think we do say that and stress that, uh, again, not with the purpose of scaring people off, but hoping that people will take that in consideration. And if they're not spiritually prepared, that they'll get scared off and, and at least seek the Lord a little more and come back around. I mean, we've had people who've wanted to volunteer. They came out, they understood, okay, this is too intense for me. They backed away for a while and then they came back around and said, I think I'm ready for this. As they got into the word more, got more of the word into them and uh, they were spiritually prepared for it. So I think it's more than anything about spiritual preparation and about applying wisdom to the situation for the person who's going to be involved, the new believer or, you know, not seasoned believer, and for the leaders too. So we we have to be intentional about um, as people are coming to us saying, hey, I want to be trained, I want to be out here um, to really see if those folks are people that are going to be a blessing to the ministry and that the ministry is going to be a blessing to them in light of how intense it is. Yeah, and I th- I th- so I think kind of to summarize what you're saying is we we should be cautious, very cautious with with new believers because we understand the enemy, um, yep. having been out there um, in a in a fierce battle ourselves for so many years. We tr- we know the pa- the power of the enemy. There's a perfect verse that um, that discusses that again in First Peter, and that's First Peter five five to nine. So it's a few verses, but. Um, yeah really talks, I think, very directly to what you have just said so well. Um, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that, that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering you're experienced by your brotherhood um, throughout the world. So um, uh, that, that verse is, is warning these, these young believers, you need to be under the counsel of elders of those yep. who are firm and steadfast in the faith and then goes on to explain why exactly what you said your your enemy is powerful yeah and and you need to know how to fight him yeah and i'll say the point here is probably 
uh, one of the most important points as you're discerning, let's say you've got a person who is a new believer and they're out shadowing you. Yeah. If you can discern that person's level of humility and submission to leadership, th- those two things are the most important, I would say, yeah. of whether, whether or not that person is going to be a blessing or a hindrance to the ministry. Yeah. That's one of the things that the Lord, when you become a believer in Jesus, that's one of the things the Lord works on right away is your pride. Pride is the downfall of so many, right? And pride for even new believers, and, and let me tell you, new believers, I know myself as a new believer, when I came to faith in Jesus, I'm on fire, right? I, I want yeah. everybody to know about Jesus. Yeah. My pride oftentimes, though, was a barrier for people knowing Jesus because I thought like, <laughs> in one sense, like I'm the only person in the world that really knows Jesus because right? <laughs> he saved me and he's doing I mean, that really that warning. And I talked to you about this before we started the podcast. That Timothy, uh, that that Paul gives to Timothy in First Timothy chapter three. Mm-hmm. This is right before that that scripture that you read before in verse six. Um, you know, the application is not a direct application. Paul's talking about overseers or elders in the church, but I think the principle is the same here, or at least is applicable. And it's talking about an overseer must manage his own household well, keep his children under control, um, with complete dignity. For someone who does not know how to manage his household, how can he care for the church of God? So, yeah, it's, again, that's talking about elders in the church. But I think this point in verse 6 is actually an important point. It says he must not be, this is the person who's uh, being considered as an elder or considered for that position, must not be a recent convert. Some versions say must not be a novice, uh, but must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same condemnation as the devil. And so this warning is about putting people in leadership. And so I'll say in particular, guys, as you're leading in your city or leading a sidewalk ministry, people that you, we always encourage our teams to put someone in charge as a team lead. And so we'll have a team lead for our Monday team. We've kind of went through that with you guys. So you guys know uh, someone that leads that particular team for that particular time block. And I think this principle is very important there that when we put someone as a team lead, we need to make sure that person is not a recent convert. I would not put a recent convert, somebody that's brand new to the faith as a team lead. I would certainly consider having them on the sidewalk as long as they're humble and they listen and they're, they follow directions. Well, they can be developed and they can grow really, really quickly and really healthfully out there. Um, but as far as putting them in a, in a position of leadership, I want to make sure that you know, they're not a recent convert. I want to make sure that they um, have let the Lord deal with their pride, that they're humble, that, you know, listen, the best leaders are people that know how to be led, right? Yes. As a matter of fact, you can't be a leader unless you know how to be led. Yeah. And so your ability to listen to others and to be led by others really can dictate whether or not you yourself will be a leader. Um. But it says here, if they're a new believer, they might be become conceited and fall under the same condemnation as the devil. What's the concern here? Well, if you put someone in charge who's a new believer, they're going to start thinking it's because there's something special about them. Oh, there must be something special about me that puts me above and beyond anyone else because I just came to faith in Jesus. And yet here I am in a leadership position. And so they start to think like the devil that they deserve to be exalted above others. Right. 
And it's not because of the grace of God. It's not because of the mercy of God. It's because of them. And that is the trap. And that is how they become conceited and their head swells and, and, uh, and they will not be good leaders. It'll, yeah. it'll be destructive for them and for the people that they're supposedly leading. Yeah, so that's a big caution for us. And and as you were talking, I was thinking about we have team leads, but there are other positions of responsibility that are not necessarily a leader, but are very yeah. helpful for the team. Someone who maybe is going to set up for us, set up the sound system, things yeah. like that. And that that might be positions that a a new person, a new believer could could take because the advantage of being given responsibility is it tends to increase your commitment out yeah. there. So it can yeah. damage you if you become prideful, um, but it can also help you um, in that you've, you've become, you have become a, a really important part of the team. All of the team members are important, yep. but if, if you're doing a really necessary job that, frankly, most people don't love to do, it makes you, you know, really yep. valuable. Yeah, and it's also a way to test someone's, yep. uh, someone's ability to lead. Listen, again, if you can't be led, then you can't lead. Yeah. And leaders are called to be servants anyway. And so if you can't serve in some of these basic ways... And you guys can get creative as you're building teams and as you're having people out there. There's things, I mean, you can have someone, we, we put stickers on the back of our literature. We have a sticker that has all of the different uh, pregnancy centers in the area on that sticker. And a way that someone new can serve is slap stickers on the back of pamphlets, right? Uh, set up signage, set up the sound system. Like you said, you can get creative and give them some responsibility and see how they respond to that responsibility, and then maybe they will be ready for some kind of leadership position or um, to be kind of put on a team, um, maybe not leading, but at least put on a team to uh, co-lead with someone. We've done that before as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, there's no, within this particular scripture, again, I don't believe there's direct application to this because what Timothy or what Paul is talking to Timothy about is establishing leaders within the church. So there's a lot of differences. Um, as far as leaders in the church, then there would be as far as leaders on the sidewalk, right? Yeah. But there's some similarities as well. And it doesn't give us a time restraint. It doesn't say they, they shouldn't be a new convert. Um, they have to be saved more than six months or six years or, you know, a decade. It doesn't say that. It doesn't give us a time restraint. It doesn't give us a, a this person is ready after so many months or whatever. Um, and so really, I think, it's really on us as leaders to seek the Lord, to apply biblical wisdom and the biblical criteria that's here. And really, I think, again, those two things are, are very important. The, the person's humility, willingness to receive correction and things like that, and their ability to be led. One of the ways you can help discern that as well is if they're part of a local church, and, and listen, we don't let people volunteer under Love Life that, that are not a part of a local church. So that's that's one helpful thing there. Um, but being part of a local church, you could actually reach out to their church, reach out to their pastor, a ministry leader, maybe their, I don't know, Sunday school teacher or whatever, whatever leadership you can get a hold of there, people that know them in that congregation, and just ask, hey, is this person been faithful? Have they been a blessing to your congregation? Can you tell me a little bit about them? And so, you know, that's helpful as well. Yeah. 
In um, another verse in, in 2 Timothy, or three verses in 2 Timothy, I think, gives us some guidance about what to look for on the negative side of, like you've been talking about, what are some things that, that really would help you to know that they're really ready for at least some role out on the sidewalk. But um, so 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 22 to 25. And I think that gives us some warning. Some of the things of youth that are very common, um, yep. aspects of, of youth, of, of and by youth I mean children, but also I'm thinking of believers as youth. They're young in, yep. in the faith. So yep. um, so that those verses say, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies, you know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may her perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. So youthful passions, you know, youth are known for being very passionate, very emotional, which yep. is great. We love it. We love that zeal and excitement. But it can be dangerous, those youthful passions, because, and then they go on to say, uh, foolish, ignorant controversies and that breeds quarrels. So that's the yeah. flip side, bad side of, of that passionate nature is it can quickly flip into being quarrelsome or fighting for what you believe in in a way that is not winsome and is actually damaging, yeah. um, as you as you kind of stated early on when, when we started when we started this. Um, yeah, I mean, simply put, it can manifest itself in just being out on the sidewalk and arguing with a pro-abort mm -hmm. or arguing with a dad that's going into the abortion center. And, you know, that shows some real immaturity if we go back and forth like that. Yeah. And listen, it can happen to anyone. Again, anyone can get in the flesh. It's really how someone reacts when they're, because we're going to address that, right? If that happens, if we see someone, a new person or a seasoned person, going back and forth and yelling back and forth with a pro-abort or with, you know, uh, someone at the abortion center, we're going to address it, right? We're going to walk up to them and, and say, hey, that was not good. You might need to step, you know, across the street a little bit and pray or something like that. How they receive that really determines whether or not this person can, you know, are, are they going to be able to move forward or, or are they just um, really out here? Because what it boils down to, are they out here for selfish means, right? Are they out here with impure motives? Are they out here just for themselves to make themselves feel good or whatever it might be? Yeah. And one of the things that I see right away, if I go to correct someone, I do try to do it privately and yeah, um, as gently and kindly as I possibly can. If I see a lot of self-defense, if I yeah. see a lot of justifying, rationalizing, or just trying to, just self-defense, a defensive posture, that worries me. Uh, yeah. Because again, that's not a humble accepting that there truly could be an issue that they that they need to address. So so we've talked about a few verses we we mentioned as we often have so we don't I don't think need to go further into the David and Goliath thing but but in especially in that passage and in these other passages uh we came up with some things that we think are dangers to be aware of in ministry with new believers and some qualities to look for in new believers. We have this on the article that we're going to put out. And um, 
I, I bullet pointed them. We, and I think we may have mentioned all of them to some degree or another, but maybe I'll just summarize what, yeah. um, what those are, starting with what the dangers are. If you're, if you're in a ministry as a new believer, these are the dangers that you need to watch out for. They can be easily influenced, if not well-grounded in the faith. And, yeah. and what I mean by that is the pro boards can be very convincing. Yeah. And for someone who's not well-grounded, they could sway someone from a new faith to thinking, maybe I'm wrong. They, yeah. It can actually harm that new believer's faith. Yeah. Um, they can become prideful. We talked about that. They can underestimate the lure of evil. I yeah. think that is a common danger of youth. Youth feel invincible, right? I, you yeah. probably did. I know I did. Oh, I can drive any way I want. I'm not going to do all the stupid things everyone else on earth does in a car. Um, so the the enemy is very powerful. And if you're a new believer, you you can under mes- underestimate his power and therefore put yourself in, in danger. Yeah. Improper understanding of the handling of the word of God, that um, God tells us that we are to be careful, right, in handling the word of God. And if if you don't, you've never done it, you haven't done it much, you can do it improperly and actually damage uh, the testimony. Twisting scripture is is a way, um, just not being well grounded in the scriptures, um, you could twist some scriptures in certain ways that uh, are not helpful to you or the people that you're trying to minister to. Right. Yeah. Um, emotions. Again, we've we've touched on that many times. The emotions of youth are um, are often not really quite under full control. And that can be dangerous out there. You can get yourself hurt and, and yep. your team members hurt if if you antagonize the these an already really volatile situation yep. and, and zeal that's not tempered with wisdom is um, is another hallmark of youth. Uh, not through their fault. Wisdom really, truly does usually come through age, um, yep. or at least walking the. Uh, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but that's only the beginning of wisdom. I think walking with the Lord is how wisdom is is developed, and and they just yep. haven't had that experience yet. Yeah. Is there anything else you you can add in terms of dangers? No, I think those are all great. I think those are all biblical and uh, considerations that we need to have as leaders. Okay. For people that would be new believers coming along. Yeah. So some of the key qualities to look for, again, we've touched on many of these, involved in a local church. You mentioned that, Daniel. We have found that yeah. to be so incredibly important. Regular yeah. study of the Bible. If you meet someone who doesn't, new believer, who is not enthralled with the Bible, there's probably something wrong. Because I know I yeah. devoured the Bible more than even now. When I was a brand new believer, I could not get enough of it. Yeah. Um. Submissive to parents, I think that is an important thing that we didn't really outright discuss, but yeah. um, but I do think that submissive quality, not only to the church, you mentioned that, and to the people who are in charge, but to your own parents. If you've got a youth who is quarrelsome and fighting his parents and rebelling against his parents— and then claiming that he loves the Lord and is, uh, you know, he knows clearly that God is directing him to do this. I would question. I would honestly have to question yeah, absolutely. that. Yeah. Yeah. After all, if you can't honor your parents who you can see, how can you honor God who you can't see? 
Yeah. That's kind of the principle in the fifth command, honor your father and your mother. Now, there are situations, this is, you know, just kind of a little caveat here. There are situations that I've seen with new believers whose parents are not believers, and there's obviously some contention there. Mm -hmm. But how they handle that contention, do they they handle that in a respectful way? Um, Or they just like (laughs) almost um, spiritually rebellious, right? And, And are they handling the contention they have with their parents who are not believers in a way that honors the Lord? Is their desire just to write their parents off? or actually to bring them to the knowledge of the Lord f- through humility yeah. and godly submission to their parents. Yeah, yeah. So humble and teachable, we mentioned that a few times. Responding yeah. to correction eagerly without defensiveness. Um, eagerness to explore the, the Bible. A reliance and understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit. And I think that that does come more um, with experience um, as you as you walk with God. Yeah. But um, if you think you're out there doing this all on your own power uh, and not relying on, on the Holy Spirit to guide you, then, uh, again, that you won't last very long, yeah. and, and that can be really dangerous. So yeah. the, the last um, kind of major thing to talk about then is what's our responsibility as leaders when we have youth out there, young believers out there, or, yeah. or yeah. literally young people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we, throughout this whole um, podcast, have kind of conflated youth as far as like natural youth, young people, with youth in the Lord. And obviously those two things can go hand in hand, but you can have new believers who are, you know, 50 years old. Somebody right. just came to faith in the Lord, 30 yeah. years old, 60 year, years old. Um, but again, the principles, I think, are still the same, right? They're still... Now, you're going to have, with a 60-year-old person that's come to the Lord, likely they're going to have some life experiences and things that that help wisdom to be applied very quickly. Biblical wisdom, they can kind of like apply almost in a retro sense, right? And they understand some things that people who are young don't understand just about life in general. Um, but again, the, the principles still can apply that if someone's brand new to the Lord and they're in a position of leadership, they can get puffed up and then fall into the trap of the devil, like it says there in First Timothy 3. Um, but as far as we're concerned, those who are looking at these new believers, people that want to volunteer, people that are coming out on the sidewalk that want to get plugged into the ministry in some capacity, um, I mean, I think more than anything, we've got to seek the Lord. We've got to do our due diligence. And when we see these things, these, these key qualities that you talked about, and they're not going to be perfect, right? No one's perfect. We're not perfect, even as we've grown in the Lord and been walking with the Lord for you know twenty years or, or whatever. Um, but yet, you can see the beginning stage of these things: humility, teachability, all these other things. As leaders, we can help develop these things. We need to help encourage those who are serving under us or those who would serve under us in like reliance on the Holy Spirit. And the way we can do that is sharing our own experiences, right? Sharing how we grew in the Lord in these certain areas. Um, We need to help encourage these young believers that are wanting to serve uh, to get in the word, even asking questions about when you're out there, they're shadowing you, asking the question, what do you think? what, What does the Bible say about life? Does the Bible teach that life begins at conception? Can you think of any scriptures? where the Bible talks about um, life in the womb, where he talks about the value of life in his word. And if they can't think of any scriptures, then point them out 
and say, well, consider this. You know, there's be, been even points where new believers and seasoned believers have come out and have said things to the effect of like, well, you know, I, I'm a totally against abortion, but in the case of rape, like I, I'm, I'm, I don't have a big problem with it. Now, really, truth is, they haven't thought that through consistently, right? Because we're against abortion because it's killing an innocent person. A baby who's a result of rape is an innocent person. You can help someone. You can kind of draw that out and get them to articulate their position and then show them biblically and logically how that's inconsistent. And we've had people change their minds in that particular instance. You don't want someone brand new that believes that, that believes it's okay in the situation of rape to be out on the sidewalk. I mean, you don't want anyone out there on the sidewalk that believes that because you're going to have, again, logical inconsistencies. The pro-abort people, they they always put that out there, right? As rape is is an exception, it should be an exception. But it's really, they're just trying to bait you to show that your position is not firm, right? Because if you believe that abortion is okay in the situation of rape, your whole argument falls apart because we're out there not just because abortion is bad, we're out there because, yes, abortion is bad because it kills an innocent person, right? Um, so anyway, that's just one example of how a new believer can really get looped in and how we, as seasoned in this ministry, but also seasoned believers, can help walk them through. And so, you know, I know you've done this before, but when we've had people that are new out on the sidewalk, we'll send them some articles to read and we'll say, well, consider this. Um, consider this scripture, consider what the Bible says in this situation and then get feedback from them. So what did you think? And we've had people literally 180 degree turn. I I didn't consider that. I absolutely was wrong. That shows humility, teachability. And that person can ultimately, if they're teachable, if they're humble, uh, they can serve. And ultimately yeah, and can this, be folks, themselves developed into a leader Daniel in time. Daniel Parks on the sidewalk in North Carolina so much because I was not a new believer when I came to the sidewalk. <laughs> but, but what Daniel is describing is what he did for me. Um, I, I'm going to get teary eyed thinking about it because I, I thought I knew the Bible really well. I thought I had some pretty firm positions and understanding of the whole pro-life arguments and everything. And Daniel did exactly what he just described. He would just, you know, sidle up to me and say, hey, um, have you ever thought about it? And you just go off into some theological discussion that directly related, though, with um, with what was going on there. And I learned so much and I looked so forward to being on the sidewalk. Isn't that weird? I couldn't wait because I knew I am going to learn about God and how he works and how he works through me out here through Daniel helping so much to guide me. And, you know, in, again, using the analogy of, of a baby, which is what these new believers are, um, what do you do with a baby? You don't just like put the baby out um, on the street and, and and have them grow up and do everything on their own. You you never leave their side. You are there right. with that baby right next yeah. to them, guiding, at first doing everything, and then gradually as that child grows, stepping back little by little, giving them more and more independence and as they grow. So that's, a, that's really exactly, I think, what we're called to do as leaders when we have young believers, new people out there, is um, 
remember that they, yep. they're not ready to be independent yet. And they may have all kinds of promise, but like a new, like a newborn baby, we're going to stay right with them and, and help them through each stage of, of their development out there. Yeah, that's good. You're going to make my head swell a little bit. Yeah, I, I know. Don't get yeah. prideful or yeah, you, we lose you. I don't want to get puffed up. But, you know, <laughs> all, all I've done in that situation is to do what's been done for me as others have helped develop me and helped me to grow in certain areas. And listen, guys, that's what you can do. Um, you can help develop new believers into very effective sidewall counselors, ultimately into very effective leaders themselves. But it takes, as we've talked about, some some intentionality. So one of the things that we've um, that we've kind of as a model laid out is the I do you watch, I do you help, you do I help, you do I watch. Yeah. So it's like um, you know they're coming out, they're shadowing, they're watching us in action. Then next thing you know, they're helping. You know they're standing next to Vicky and. You know, she's calling out and then she's saying, hey, you call out now, you know, so they're they're helping. And then they're doing and then Vicky's saying, you know, they're doing most of the talking. This is for people that are calling out, uh, but they're looking over at Vicky like, what else do I say? So she's helping them along. Right. So that's the you do I help. And then the you do I watch. And so we're, we're across the street at Latrobe and we're watching the team. We're watching these new people that are developing uh, grow and, and they're doing the stuff themselves. And so that's kind of that. Um, development model that we've kind of put out there as far as a training model for sidewalk counselors. Um, And, you know, with that, I think we'll wrap this thing up. We hope that with these podcasts, what we're doing is helping to develop you guys, helping to grow you guys and your ability to grow other people. This is a multiplication thing. They say the, the math of the kingdom of God is multiplication. God's not just into addition. He's into multiplying, right? So we want you guys to multiply yourselves to see other people develop into leaders and develop other leaders and all of that so that ultimately these sidewalks are covered with seasoned believers that know how to articulate what God says from his word, the gospel, that know how to help these moms to get the help and the resources that they need. And, you know, it it does take time. It does take humility. And so we hope that that these podcasts have been a blessing to you and you've taken time to listen to them and humility and and listen to some of the things that we've said. And in humility, I will say, we don't have it all figured out. So if you guys have other things you want to add to this conversation, things, subjects and things like that that you think that we should consider, then we are certainly open to that. So you can reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org. Reach out to Vicky, Vicky at lovelife.org. If you've got subjects you want us to cover or again, you've listened to a podcast in the, in the past and you're like, well, did you guys consider this? Or I've learned this. Some of you guys that are listening, you've been doing sidewalk ministry longer than we have. And we would love to learn from you. Maybe we'll have you on the podcast and we can certainly learn some stuff from you. And we've had others on the podcast in the past that have been doing this for a long time because, um, you know, we can learn from each other. So anyway, hope that's a blessing to you guys. I don't know, Vicki, you have anything else to say? No, just um, you will all face this, and and basically our our answer to the question should new believers be on the sidewalk is it depends. Yeah, yep. you be a good leader, and you probably could have a brand new believer out there. Yeah, but watch watch him like a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. All right, guys, so we're gonna wrap this thing up. Hope it was a blessing to you. Until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for love. 
Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you 